Chapter 2 A dome ship is built with a dome at one end, and then, far away, far back, there are the three huge engines. Zero space engines, and you probably know how powerful those are. Connecting the dome to the engines is a long, long shaft. Inside this shaft is the place where everyone has their quarters, their private areas. For Eris, the quarters are tiny. I mean, extremely tiny. If you want to turn around, you have to back out into the hallway. In my quarters, I have holograms of my father and mother, of course, plus a wish flower representing the little brother I'll be getting in a few years. The electorate has voted to allow more children to be born, since we're in a war now. They say if the war goes on for long and there are lots of battle deaths, some families may even have three and four children. Personally, I don't think it will come to that. And even having one sibling is bad enough. Now, in addition to the morning ritual and the evening ritual, I have to do the wishflower ritual. And you have to do the wishflower ritual at the wishflower, of course, which is in my tiny quarters. And you can imagine how impossible that is. My entire back half sticks out into the hallway and people are jostling past while I'm chanting, We welcome our hopes embodied. We welcome a new branch of the tree. We welcome... So on and so on. It's not easy being an heiress. Naturally, warriors and princes get bigger quarters. And of course, the captain has quarters so big he can practically play drift ball in there. But the captain isn't usually in his quarters. He's usually on the battle bridge. That's where Arbron and I were heading, as fast as our hooves could carry us down the long central shaft. We're dead, I said. There's no way the captain calls us to the bridge unless we are in huge trouble. Maybe it's something good, Arbron suggested. Maybe he wants to tell us we're doing well in our studies. Yeah, right. Or maybe he wants our advice, I suggested sarcastically. Captain Feyorn, the hero of like a thousand space battles, probably wants the advice of a pair of heirists. All the while, we were running. Running past the closed doors of various quarters and storerooms and plasma conduits. Our hooves clicked on the hard, rough-textured floor. A prince stepped out of his quarters, and I practically ran him down. Sorry, I yelled. We've been called to the battle bridge. The prince rolled his eyes and shook his head. But he knew, when the captain calls, you don't waste time. As we neared the battle bridge, we saw more and more people in the hall. We weren't the only ones heading there. And then I started to notice some fighter pilots moving off toward the fighter base. You can always tell a fighter pilot. There's a swagger they have. It's almost like there's a special light that seems to shine on them. When I'm a full warrior, I'm going to be a fighter pilot. There's going to be a battle, Arbrun said. Yerks, I said. We're going to burn some yerks. I hope I sounded tough and fierce. We barreled into the battle bridge just as the tactical officer, Prince Nescord, bellowed, Where in the dark sun are those two arrests? Right here, sir, I said. Here, sir, Arbon echoed. The tactical officer, the T.O., looked at us like we might be a couple of pieces of dung stuck to his hoof. Then he turned to the captain. Captain, the two heiress are here. Of course the captain already knew we were there. They say Captain Feorn can practically see through walls. He knows everything that goes on aboard his ship. He stood in the center of the room, with the T.O. on his right, and Prince Briar, commander of all fighter squadrons, on his left. The room was circular, with bright monitors glowing and computer screens reeling off data. 
holographic monitors created images in midair, and there were sound speech info tags and thought speech computer warnings. Warriors working on the battle bridge often used hand signals between themselves so that the thought speak noise wouldn't become a jumble. At the front of the battle bridge was a large holographic image showing the space around us. We were in normal space, not zero space, so the background was black, filled with bright stars. Magnify, the T.O. said. The hologram of space grew more detailed. Suddenly, it was as if actual stars, each as big as my fist, were hovering inside the battle bridge. Isolate the target and magnify, the tactical officer said. Now the hologram showed just a slice of a single star. It was an average yellow star. I glanced up at the readout above the hologram. It showed that the star had nine planets, gas giants on the outer edge, smaller planets in tighter orbit. The sixth planet was front and center in the display. It had a rather beautiful set of rings. There he is, Prince Briar said. He was very calm, but you could tell he was a predator looking at prey. I searched the hologram of space for a clue. Then I saw it, a tiny bright point that was moving against the background of the ringed planet. Was it a Yerk ship? I think we have a Skritnar Raider, the captain said. Yes, captain, the T.O. agreed. He's accelerating. He'll be able to go to zero space in twenty minutes. Sensors show that he came from the third planet in the system. On screen, Captain Fayorn said. Suddenly, the hologram shifted, and we were looking at a small planet with a single large moon. The planet was blue with swirls of white and land masses that were brown and green. What do we have on this planet? There is a sentient species there. They have achieved orbital spaceflight and have landed on their moon. Sensors show presence of nuclear weapons, and we're picking up transmissions in various parts of the electromagnetic spectrum. All in all, probably a level six civilization. I would recommend... The captain cut him off by raising one finger on one hand. Then the captain turned his head and his main eyes toward Arbrun and me. He looked right at me. Right at me. I felt my blood turn to sludge and my brain grind to a halt. Tell me, Aerith, the situation. We have a Skritnar Raider, leaving a level six civilization. Twenty minutes till he's safe in zero space. What do you recommend? No, this wasn't happening. The captain really was asking my advice. Clearly, I was dreaming. What do I recommend? I asked, feeling the knife edge of panic. Um, um, dispatch fighters on an intercept course? Is that a question or a statement? The captain asked. I sucked in air and tried not to faint. Dispatch fighters for an intercept. Send two on an intercept course and bring two up behind on a chase vector. And you, the captain said, turning his awful gaze on Arbron. What do we do when we intercept, and why? The Skritna are smugglers and renegades, and they sometimes serve the Yerks. So we board the Skritna ship and check for any violations. He said it perfectly, like he had it rehearsed. Then he blew it. And if they put up a fight, we put some tail into them. The captain, the prince, the T.O., every warrior on the bridge, and I all stared at Arbron like he was insane. Which he obviously was. You don't say, put some tail into them, to the captain. That's something you say in a schoolyard fight. 
The captain looked at Prince Briar and the tactical officer. He shrugged. I guess we'd better do what the two heiress say, eh? The big one looks like he's ready to faint. And the other one thinks he's you, Briar. That got a laugh from everyone on the bridge. Launch fighters, the captain said. Oh, and those Skritna ships are so cramped inside, we'd better send along a couple of our people who can move around in there. Now, who do we have that's small enough to fit inside a Skritna freighter? Suddenly, I realized that everyone on the battle bridge was looking at me and Arbron. And then I realized we were both younger and smaller than anyone else. And that's when I almost did faint. The captain was going to send us into battle.